welcome back to the channel my name is Colin and this is issue two of beyond the panel in this me and one of my friends are going to pitch a Marvel crisis uh, we've decided uh, after much thought to not do the comic reviews and previews I'll probably do those over on Twitter uh, you know what I thought of my polls for the week and what I recommend picking up in the week ahead but this just gives us more freedom to really deep dive into the topic because we spent about an hour and a half. So buckle up, enjoy as we dig deep into the idea of what a Marvel Crisis could look like and what comes after, what heroes are prominent, what are the new origins, and where do we go from here. So uh, enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, for this week's guest segment, please welcome my good friend Ahmed. Hi. Uh, so we sat down Tuesday night. We pitched this idea, uh, the Marvel Crisis. And, uh, I had fun. It was a good time. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> very fun. It's, oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was telling my dad about it. He's like, why aren't you pitching this to Marvel? I'm like, because they're not going to do it. That's why we're <laughs> doing it. Exactly. It's hard. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, without, without any preamble, let's just, let's get right into it. Uh, it was. All right. I, I suggested the pitch off of an I off of like because this feels like a very Elseworlds exchangey idea, and uh, you you ran with it. So, what what yeah. <laughs> what was your idea? Let the people in on it. Okay, so the you know the whole thing was a Marvel crisis, right? It's yes. something that's sort of antithetical to the whole idea of marvel yeah because that's a very very dc idea right oh Crises yeah and, whatnot. and marvel doesn't they haven't just wiped the slate clean they like right. they, they like to do the big events where it's like oh this is gonna this is gonna change everything as you know it but then in the end change like, the marvel universe yeah but then in the <laughs> yeah. end it's like oh i guess cap got a new costume and the yeah. avengers have a couple new members but whatever uh this yeah. is a clean slate uh new origins yeah. Um, new new teams, new reasons to be, uh, for some people, new alignments, uh, new costumes. Yeah. I mean, which is, it's not something we talked about, but like, yeah, new costumes, new looks. For some people, uh, you know, little, little t teaser, uh, new powers for some people. So, it's exciting. Yeah. For, for me, it was about trying to take that, uh, the Marvel idea of continuity, and yeah. then how do we take that and just use that in a way such that we can get this nice clean slate? Yes. And so you came up with what I think was an inspired idea that we made work. Yeah. This is like, you, you gave me like, you gave the prompt and I'm like, all right, what's the first thing that came to mind? And I just like rolled with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for what we're calling this crisis, it's called, the last temptation yep. in the Marvel universe. So that is, yeah, that is our event that it, that leads us into into this crisis, into this reset. It is the last temptation of the Marvel Marvel universe. If the biblical language didn't clue you in enough, uh, our big bad is Mephisto. Because <laughs> I mean, like, and and it makes sense. Who who else is going to have the power to do this? on such a large scale and i mean thanos is overdone doctor doom doesn't doesn't feel like it he makes sense for this mephisto works mephisto yeah works. and it's and like the other big cosmic players like the living tribunal yeah. eternity yeah. but like that that's 
too esoteric and you know what you know there's a lot of a lot of cosmic stuff so let's try going magic see how that yeah, works and, and that ends up being a big theme in like our marvel reboot is magic magic is a big theme um but we're getting ahead of ourselves how do we yeah. how does the last temptation of the marvel universe what is what is the starting point and how does it get us to a point where the universe needs to be rebooted oh boy yeah so the uh, whole impetus of this is that mephisto has been making deals and setting up events so that heroes that we know and love they've had to compromise on themselves ethically mm-hmm. and he profits on that and he makes these bargains that collect and collects souls from here and there and sort of has influenced events such in a way yeah. that it's created such a dis- just like this disunity of the dis- Marvel universe because you go back, you know, the seventies and the eighties. Marvel Universe—they're basically like the heroes. They're all basically friends. Yeah. Or, or at least they work together. Like, basically, everyone is an Avenger. You know, you yeah. had Spider-Man casual team ups. Spider-Man yeah. teamed up with somebody like every week. I, I, every, everyone's good friends. Yeah, Avengers and X Men, Fantastic Four. There was no bad blood or anything like so, that. So, was... so we're we're going and we're retconning like stuff like Civil War and AVS yeah. to be Mephisto's doing. Yeah, yeah. So he, and, you know, oh, go ahead. Sorry. He's been he's been nudging people in these directions, and and I think what you're what you're kind of leading us to is the idea of the last temptation, as we see. Uh, moments from the past where Mephisto was tempting Marvel heroes and they gave in, right? Uh, so, like, we see that, oh, Tony did so, so-and-so during Civil War, or um, someone did uh, XYZ during the Kree-Skrull War. And you see that all of these events, Mephisto was pushing people into unwinnable situations, and he's like, but what if I could help you win this unwinnable situation? Hmm? Yeah. And it's, it could be, and it's, you know, you can, I think you can do it enough way where it's more like a whisper in their ear. Yeah, yeah. And sort of, as opposed to, you know, he physically shows up. Oh, yeah, because we, we, makes the deal. We, because we don't want to, to turn guys like Cap or Tony or the four in, we don't want to character assassinate. Like, yes, we're rebooting, but you still right. need to like these characters when we're done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's that's always the problem, right? Well, you I know? mean, Civil War Two. Um, uh, Civil War, <laughs> the first one. Yeah, Civil War killed Tony, and uh, a character assassinated Tony. Civil War Two did yeah, the same it, to Carol. Uh, bad times all around. Yeah, Secret Empire really hurt Cap. You know. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really count that as hurting Cap because it was like a fake Cap, but. Well, the new like the Cap that we know is actually now the fake one. And Hydrocap is still running about. Oh really? Okay. This is yeah. this is why I whatever. Um so anyways, yeah. last temptation of the Marvel Universe. Um we find out that Mephisto has been making all these deals for a reason. When he gets a certain amount of souls, and we said a hundred thousand, but in hindsight that's like way too small. I think it's like a billion. Yeah. So like let's Yeah, let's make it a billion. So once Mephisto has made a billion deals and has a billion souls uh, he can do a deal with himself. He basically has enough souls that he can 
like cash those in for a one-time use of of amazing power and he what he wants to do is he wants to get rid of heroes he wants to eliminate this age of heroes and just have a world that's his playground that he can sow chaos and dissent in and dr strange comes up and he warns the heroes about this and so they split off into teams and the goal is to stop mephisto to somehow try and stop him from getting this last soul uh while also maybe getting rid of the other souls so this is a what did we say six issue event yeah you know yeah six you know you can see where we're going six issue yes you know and um (laughs) so this event's been teased for a whole year ideally it goes from january to december you're hearing about it all year uh mephisto starts popping up in books more and more everything is tied into this um every ongoing is just completely it's this is all an all hands on deck situation and i'm not i don't think i don't think did we plot out exactly how the event goes like what all happens in it no we didn't get into that kind of detail where it's like all right, this happens, this happens, this happens. Yeah. But I was thinking that you have you you have different like sort of sectors of things going on. Mm-hmm. So you got like a you know like a like an alpha like a, like a cosmic team of maybe like maybe the guardians plus all the other like the surfer and yeah all the other for sure. those ones they're going sure. out into you know plus like the Captain Marvel her and not Alpha Flight anymore because I think they just broke up after yeah. Empire, but. But they're like uh, they're like heading out into into yeah. space, trying to figure out like what can we do to stop this? Is yeah. there are there artifacts we can find? Are the Infinity Stones out there? Like what can we do? Um, and then also like preventing like the Kree, the Skrull, the Brood, the Shi'ar from like making deals yeah. as well. I I I even would want a scene where they try to appeal to Thanos for his help. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's and, and, and Thanos is just like, what do I care? Yeah, he's on his... He's got his death quest. Yeah, he doesn't care. And so the the (laughs) end of the event, you know, everyone's done their bits. uh, Everyone's trying to stop everyone from making deals. And um, they end up coming to Loki. And Loki is a huge player in, in everything we do from here on out. Like, I know that some people are probably sick and tired of Loki, but he works as a character. I like him, and I think we wrote him in a way... That he's gonna f- gonna be a much better character to have around. So Loki ends up making a deal with Mephisto, gives him the last soul he needs, right. and uh, and in ex- okay, go ahead. Oh yeah, and I was just saying, in in exchange, Loki gets to have some power, he, you know, and he, he his deal is. In your new universe, I want to be the Watcher. Not a Watcher, the Watcher. I want no one else but me. Get rid of the Council of Watchers and just, just have it me. I want to see all the, all the dimensions, everything. Just, just me. And, um... <laughs> so... Because uh, uh, observation is the best for a trickster's god. <laughs> right. And so... Yeah. 
issue 12 of the last temptation of the marvel universe or sorry issue six sorry ends with yeah. all the heroes you get like especially your core you have like spider-man some of the x-men you have cap you have tony you have and especially thor all charging towards loki like trying to jump at him and mephisto like loki signs the contract in his blood you get like a drop of blood hits the contract yeah. mephisto seals it up snaps his fingers and everything goes white and that's it that's it that's the end of the issue and then we take, yeah. and then we take a month off whole month yeah, yeah that, that is a ballsy plan that that yeah. is that is but you've hooked people on this event for a year you spent a year building up yeah. to it no one knows what the fallout of this event is going to be because you're not you're not calling it crisis you're not you're not even advertising what's going to come next. Oh, yeah. You just take a month off. Yeah, this is... Yeah, because especially with things like solicitations and all yeah. of that stuff, like... People... That's, like, huge. That's, like, yeah. industry-breaking almost. Yeah. So, but people... You know, that's huge. You, you take the month off, right? And, like, you, you, you'll obviously... You can solicit the issues because you have to. Um, and you solicit them as like Spider-Man number one, X-Men number one, whatever. And people are like, oh, okay, they're just renumbering again. No, we're not renumbering. This is totally different. So Mephisto, when he snapped his fingers, he changed a few key points in Marvel history that le leads to a world that is very similar, but also very different. Number one, yes. when Cap went into the ice in World War II, the Red Skull went with him. This caused a ripple effect where Hydra kind of fell apart a little bit because they're like, oh, well, Cap beat him. It's not just like, oh, he's gone. It's, oh, Cap beat him. We lost. Um, and so they just give up, right? So there's no super criminals. There's no super crime. There's no superheroes. You know, so we go from the 40s to present day with no superheroes and because, and this was your suggestion, one other thing changes. The uh, Fantastic Four. Yes. Right? Yeah. So the lo the rocket, you know, that got launched to space, you know, normally they get cosmic radiation. Yes. They but vanished. this time, they vanish. And they vanished in the 60s. Right. So, like, 20 years after Cap, Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm vanish in space. And for the next 60 years, life goes on. So, you now have the year, we're just kind of saying 2020, because it, it works, just yeah. to be like, alright, that's rare. You have the year 2020, and uh, there's no superheroes. Not yet, at least. And... So Mephisto is now free to sow discord and make more deals and mess with people's lives without the influence of anyone else. And he's, so he's happy. But then uh, we have, I think the first issue that comes out as part of like this, this crisis reboot, this new Marvel U is just, just a one shot. It's an oversized one shot. And I would just call it Loki. Ooh, yeah. And it, yeah. it it's uh it covers 
kind of what Loki's plan was. Because Loki, I'm kind of tired of him flopping between, oh, am I a good guy, am I a bad guy? I want him to be a good guy. You know, we have enough okay. We have enough bad guys. We all like Loki enough now because of Tom Hiddleston that I think we can just comfortably be like, no, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty good dude now. He realized that, that this whole Mephisto thing... There was no way out of it. No matter what you do, he's going to get that billionth soul. He's going to do what he wants. So Loki had, was decided, I'm going to play the long game as opposed to these heroes who are, let's face it, a little short-sighted. I'm going to get the powers I need to put things back together. Loki is now the only watcher. He doesn't answer to a council or anyone. So yeah, sure, he shouldn't interfere, but who's going to stop him? Yeah, he's not, he's not bound by Mephisto's rules here. Yeah. Made the deal. Exactly. And you also suggested that Loki, uh, he had managed to, and we can see him, like, vanish in issue three and come back in issue six. He got something he needed to make sure that this deal did work out in his favor. Yeah. He obtained a McCran crystal. Yes. Which, if uh, people aren't super familiar with, they come from the Shi'ar, and if I recall correctly, so don't hate me if my knowledge of the Marvel if, Universe is if, wrong. If your lore is a little out, out of it. Uh, I believe that's what Cosmic Cubes are made out of. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to... I got my phone here. I'm quickly going to look up the Mkron crystal. Yes. The Mkron crystal. Let's go to the Marvel database. Um, yeah. So useful, that thing is. It really is. I love the Marvel database. Um, Ooh, I was very wrong. Cosmic Cues are not made of that. <laughs> they are made from uh, Beyonder stuff. What does it do, though? Oh, the crystal would open a gateway to what Legend said was absolute power. Well, okay. Fine, let's just say Loki got the Cosmic Cube then. Yeah, that's, you know, people are more familiar with and, that. And he used the Cosmic Cube to slightly push things in his favor a little bit more, but the combination of that and Mephisto's deal fries it. The Cosmic Cube is yeah. done, it's destroyed, it's off the table, because we don't want the fans to have any reason to think that we're just going to back out of this. We don't want an out. Yeah, this this is what's happening, right? We have have gone all in on it, and we don't want it to be like, oh, well, they'll just use the Cosmic Cube in a year and reset it, and we're fine. No, you're not coming back. Franklin Richards did not put you in a pocket dimension. Uh, (laughs) I've been thinking about Onslaught all day. God, (laughs) Heroes are Born stuff. Right? That was their last true attempt at a crisis, and it sucked. Yeah. Yeah, right? and, and it sucked because they let Rob Liefeld draw things. Yeah, but they also had like they, they had Jim Lee doing Iron Man, so like that was pretty cool. I I do love Jim Lee. If I if we could get Jim Lee back to Marvel to draw the Last Temptation of the Marvel Universe, oh, I'd love that. I, that would be an interesting choice, but I, I don't know if he if he would do it. Um, this, I think he's. I think I think he's just so used to drawing Batman variants now. That's true. That's true. And I mean, this is also an opportunity 
not just to refresh the MC, the, the Marvel U, but to refresh yeah. the creative teams. Like, yes. put right right now, Hickman is like your event guy. It's oh, you have a big yeah. event, just let Hickman go nuts. I well, he's your X guy right now. Yeah, and uh, that's why I'm not touching X of Swords because it's. Yeah. Uh, it's like 26 issues, and it's like, this is way too dense. I'm not doing this, buddy. I'm it's, sorry. I, I I read the first issue of Creation. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good? I, it's, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. It. And, you know, I, yeah. But, I mean, if you haven't been reading it, like, any of the X-Books. No, exactly. Then, like. It's difficult to hop into. Yeah. Um. So, we, I. This might be an unpopular choice. I don't think everyone's going to love this. I want to put Donny Cates on writing duties for Last Temptation of the Marvel Universe. That is interesting. Okay. He, with his Thor series, has proven he can take on this massive spanning event, right? Like this big, bombastic everything. I think he'd have a fun time with it. Um, sure. Failing that, I'm not sure what he's doing now, but he wrote my favorite book ever, Kurt Busiek. Oh, Kurt Busiek, yeah. Yeah, if I could yeah. get him to write this, like, all right, he's right. Oh, he, 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 would, he would write the hell out of this because, like, he knows Marvel history. Right? As so, like, he, so he, like, Avenger, people, like, his Avengers, reference it. His Avengers yeah. Forever is my favorite book. Which is why I'd almost want him to run point on this with, like, a group of younger writers kind of behind him. Yeah. I don't want to, like, completely shred up the creative teams of every book. If someone like right. Nick Spencer wants to keep doing Spider-Man, and based on what I've read, Nick Spencer likes and loves Spider-Man, let's put Nick he Spencer does. on Spider-Man. Like, I don't mind. But I want people who have love for these characters writing their books. Yeah. So anyways, Logan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was saying, uh, for especially since it's a much more Loki centric story, I was thinking yeah. curing villain. Oh, okay, because like, because like he wrote the best version of heroic Loki you could get. Which one back, was that? Was that Kid Loki? Uh, he wrote. No, I think he did Kid Loki, but then he also did girl like female Loki. Oh, he did. Like, oh man, he 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 wrote like when it came to like Loki being like a hero. Yeah. in any sense. It was, it was mostly because of Kieran Gillen. So, in that case, I, I know which one of our books I want to put Gillen on then. I think you know which one I want. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the big one. The, we'll, yeah, the big we'll, one. We'll get to those. So, we have this, lo- yeah. this Loki one-shot, and you know what? Yeah, sure, let's put Gillen on it. It's got an Alex Ross cover. Um, of course. We're going to let we're gonna let Ross do the, the covers for The Last Temptation as well, because I think he could put together some truly terrifying imagery for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he horrified me when I was a child. Uh, his Solomon <laughs> Grundy haunts me to this day. So That's let's true. let Alex Ross play around with it. For the rest of the art on the book, I'm not super well-versed in Marvel artists. So I don't know. There's, I mean, the new hotness right now is uh, Pepe Larraz and R.P. Silva. Okay. The next man. They are fantastic choices. Yeah. Especially with, I think, Matea Gracia is doing okay. the colors, but... I don't. I, I can't remember that for who, sure. Um, who did Immortal She-Hulk this week? Who who drew that? Oh, uh, I can I can check it out. But because whoever that was, you know what? Let's put them on Last Temptation. Let's let Gillen write it. 
or let, let, let's let Busaic write that and put whoever drew Immortal She-Hulk with him on that. That is our creative uh, team for Last Temptation. John Davis Hunt. Yeah, that looked great. That book was stunning. Not gonna mm. lie. Uh, everyone looked good, and Wolverine was written really well. Like, thank you, Al Ewing. It's just side yeah. note. I already, oh, I already talked. I already talked about the book, but Al Ewing, yeah. he wrote Wolverine. Uh, like, I heard Steve Bloom in my head while <laughs> reading it. Anyways, yeah. so Loki's plan is to become the Watcher. This, and he he renames himself the Overseer because he's like, I'm I'm gonna do way more than watch. And so <laughs> Loki finally has all this power, and now it's he needs to start. And and we see like little fractals of where all the heroes are now, or heroes like formerly and what they're up to and loki trying to kind of plan and pull them and he's like how am i going to get them together because we need to stop mephisto somehow like get him off the the board yeah so that's that's what the loki one shot is so i just wanted to add like my vote for artists on the book would be uh marco cicetto who's doing daredevil right now on last temptation yeah just jaw-dropping art so yeah. good so yeah then sorry but go ahead so that's that's the loki one shot and after that we launch 12 titles and we're just going to start with 12 we're going to start with a tight roster of characters so you know i apologize some of your favorites were probably left out uh on my drive to work i was thinking oh we forgot about deadpool but then i was like did we really forget about deadpool or are we just smart <laughs> enough to not put in deadpool huh yeah. I, Deadpool yeah. doesn't fit into this right now. He will eventually. But uh, so the 12, 12 books that we've got uh, Spider Man, X Men, The Fantastic Four, The Avengers, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, The Hulk, Captain Marvel, The Defenders, and Loki and the Midnight Suns. But you didn't expect that last yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> that last one. That's our big one. That's yeah. that's uh. So we'll, we'll we'll walk through them in that order. Talk sort of through yeah. the new origin stories, where we see this going, and again, not all of these are gonna be super popular decisions, but we think it works. All of them have a couple missions. The first is to tie back into Mephisto somehow. Uh. Because Loki and Mephisto are now really playing chess against each other. With Loki playing with the heroes and Mephisto playing with the villains. And this is all going to come to a head after about three years in a big event. I finally came up with a good name for it. Hell on Earth. Oh, yeah? Hell on Earth. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I also just want to say that I really like this idea for for this crisis and this reboot. Because old school Marvel, it's all... Vaguely built on like science and science yeah, it fiction. It was very much and that whole atomic age. Yes, the atomic so age. So seeing that seeing that flip over into like this magic and this realm of mysticism. Exactly. We I, haven't had that. It, 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 yeah. It, it feels distinct enough, I think, from mainstream Marvel yes. universe. Yes. Uh to like be able to at least create something new for people. Exactly. And hopefully something that uh honors the traditions of the past while also bringing something completely new which yeah. is always a difficult cho- like decision 
And it's not and... to say we're not gonna have like science because it's the it's Marvel. You can't yeah. not do science, but like you said, yeah. initially it was it's been very atomic. Ultimate Universe was very genetic. Let's do magic. Yeah. It's fun. Um, if you want to break off yeah. from magic a little bit, and, you and can it, do tech. Yeah. But let's let's play with magic. Yeah, it's it's like you know the Doctor Strange exists, the right. magic exists. So you know we're just flipping the scales. Exactly. Flipping so, the scales you're going back. So um, I think the best place to start is with our flagship titles. Uh, so kind of chief among them is obviously the Avengers. That's like yes, yes, yes. kind of Marvel's biggest book going regularly, and we put together what we think. So is- the Avengers. Yeah, we put together an Avengers roster with one rule. No one, with the exception of one character, who has an ongoing solo series is allowed on the Avengers right now. Because we're, we're doing this, like, back in, like, how they did in the 60s with the Avengers, yep. where it was, like, all the C-list characters, the ones who were all in other titles. Well, I mean, Iron Man Boom. was still in his own title, but... Uh, tells us to spend time like other people, but yeah. no, I get what you mean. We're we're we want to give the solo titles room to breathe. Our our theory here is let's let the creative teams not have to worry so much about what's going on in the six other books this guy is in. They're all they everyone's in one book with the exception of one character, um, and we'll get to that. So the Avengers is is Loki's first attempt at putting a team together. And for all of you, you know, true believers, you, uh, you'll all you'll know that Loki was the first villain that helped form the Avengers. Exactly, he uh, tricked the Hulk into going on a rampage, and Rick Jones put the Avengers together. And so Loki's first pretty thought, much Loki's first thought is, ah, I'll do that again, then the same thing will happen, right? Yeah. Because Loki's just, like, he's kind of grasping at straws. So, he can't find Hulk. So, he's like, Juggernaut will do, I guess. <laughs> so, he sends Juggernaut on a rampage. And he's like, ah, yeah, this will put everything together. And nothing happens. There's no, because there's no Rick Jones. There's no... Iron Man, there's no Thor on Earth. Loki made the mistake of being really short-sighted with this. And he was like, okay, so now all that's happened is Juggernaut's caused a lot of destruction. I gotta fix this. I still gotta form an Avengers team because I I need this. I need Avengers, you know? Yes. So he starts looking through history and trying to figure out what Mephisto changed. He finds out Cap is still in the ice, so, through tr- trickery and stuff, canery, and... yeah, yeah, he gets. Yeah, that's uh, for the creative team to figure out. Comics. Um, he gets yeah. Cap out of the ice, but what he didn't realize is the Red Skull is also in there, and the Red Skull gets out and goes on a rampage. Um, starts rising up dissidents because people in this universe are already angry. It's. Unfortunately, it's a universe that has neo-Nazis and racists and stuff, and people who, let's be honest, are going to jump to the Red Skull's side. So, he fairly... Cool. Qu- 
he fairly quickly amasses a group of people who are willing to do what he wants, and this is the foundation for Hydra later on down the line. And, and you know, that's how you get uh, Hydra, the head, you know, never dies, you know. Yeah. And so. He's got one head off two more. Right. And so now, um, as Red Skull's going to Rampage, there are a couple people who stand up to him, right? He's in a neighborhood in New York City. And a young couple and their daughter, like a middle-aged couple, I guess, and their daughter are like, hey, you know, back off, leave these people alone, I don't know who you are. And he whips out a gun and he shoots them. And the the young couple, or middle-aged couple he shot, were Clint Barton and Bobby Morse. Rest in peace. Hawkeye's dead. Mockingbird's dead. They're gone. They're not coming back. There are no resurrections in this universe. I'm sorry. But... The shocking murder of her parents inspires Kate Barton to stand up and fight. That's right. We retconned Kate Bishop in as Hawkeye's daughter. Yeah. (laughs) People are going to hate us for this. People will... Okay. Some people will hate it because she's Hawkeye's daughter. It's like, what? Why? It was cool before they didn't weren't related to each other. They just yeah. came well, up with it together. And this isn't Kate Bishop. This is like an amalgamation of Kate Bishop and a Hawkeye's kid, right? Like she's blonde, like Bobby and Clint. Um, you know, her name is Kate, as like the wink and the nod to Kate Bishop. And, and you know, first, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, and personality wise, yeah, she's gonna be really similar to Kate Bishop. But she's also got like the mockingbird, like uh, screama sticks. And her costume is going to be kind of a bit of both of them. Some purple, but some, like, tactical-ness. I think one of her evolutions is eventually she becomes Ronin. Oh, that'd be cool. Because, like, like, Hawkeye's always had, like, this identity crisis. Yeah, and we we can give that to her, like... Yeah, where where she, like, she feels like she's still living in the shadow of her parents in some way. Oh, yeah, and she, she, like, needs to be Ronin for a while to realize that... Yeah. She's not living in their shadow. She's just honoring their legacy. Yeah. Oh, that'd be that's dope. I love that. Okay. So, anyways, she becomes the first hero we actually get to see, and so she goes back to their house, and she, her dad, like Clint in this universe, I, I'm making some of this up on the fly, was in the circus, so he does have his bow and arrow, and she's like, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." She takes his like old Hawkeye circus costume and puts on part of it, and. Her mom was a spy, right, and worked for the CIA as in, like, their covert ops division. So she takes some of that gear and takes the bow and arrow. And she's like, I'm going to fight. And uh, so she's chasing down these people. And she runs, literally runs, like, headfirst and knocks into Captain America. Who is startled and confused and like, hey, I need to stop the Red Skull. Who are you? And uh, she goes with... The old nickname from her high school archery team. Hawkeye. <laughs> and so, uh, Kate is kind of our eyes for the Avengers. Because I always like the idea of the Avengers having, like, one young member who's like, oh, this is also new. But this is new. Yeah. This is kind of new to everybody. And so, um, Captain America and Hawkeye starts fighting off against things. And they get some help in the form of Black Panther, Nova, and Hercules. 
And the wasp, if I recall correctly. And the wasp. I, I'm trying. I'm trying not to dump everyone in right away. But yes, uh, okay. wasp. Uh, oh yeah. So my bad. wasp is a geneticist. She used to work with Dr. Hank Pym, but through his testing of Pym particles, he vanished into the quantum realm. Her spirit of adventure led her to creating the wasp suit and seeing the rampage of Hydra through New York inspired her to put it on and seeing Captain America actually kind of inspired her. So she put on the suit, took up the name the wasp because of the stingers and joined the fight. Black Panther uh, was on embassy from Wakanda. I, I, I just, I just Wakanda came up with an idea. Oh, okay. Um, he was kind of like doing like a coming to America thing. Oh, okay. Where he he was sent to America because T'Chaka is still alive. He was sent. Yeah. He was sent to America in order to kind of take a look at things, see what it's like, see if they're ready to join up with Wakanda yet. When all this broke loose, and as the Black Panther, he's like, "I'm honor bound to protect people." Okay. So, so you want him to have already won the contest to be uh, the Black Panther? Yes. Or okay. So okay. Yeah. He's right. and and his arc is like he's very uninterested in, in being a king. America. Oh, okay. He doesn't like he's so yeah. not into it. He he likes being the Black Panther. He likes being the warrior and the proud prince. You know. But King, he's just like no, no. Yeah, that's that's a, I like I, you know that's that's always an interesting trope. You have like the prodigal son who doesn't want to return. Yeah, and so he like he's been globe trotting, and he's got his gear with him, but he hasn't been yeah. to Wakanda in a while, and so he's like, this is this is adventure, but also I need to protect these people. Uh, Nova is you know obviously from the Nova Corps is. And I think the Nova Corps, it's basically like our version of the Green Lanterns. Um, basically what they are already. Yeah, right. He's, <laughs> he's assigned to protect Earth. He sees this is going down. And there's, again, there's no superheroes. It's not just like, oh, Spider-Man will deal with this. Yeah. So Ryder flies into atmosphere and starts fighting. Um, the Dick Ryder. I, I can just imagine now he's up in space. He gets the alert. and Because he's the human rocket. Because zooms in, because and I think he, I, I think he should take out uh, Juggernaut because I assume he's still running around. Ooh, let's you know what? Let's just for fun, let's make Juggernaut Hydra's first real member. He becomes Red Skull's okay. heavy, and so Juggernaut's okay. Juggernaut's been pummeling Captain America, right? <laughs> Captain America's like yeah. staggered. He's still confused. Homie just got out of the ice. He doesn't know where yeah. he is. Juggernaut's about to charge him one more time, and he's like dazed. And Nova just shoots out of the atmosphere and slams Ooh. into Juggernaut. But because it's the Juggernaut who is unstoppable, he doesn't, you know, like follow his bag of turtle. Like, yeah. it, it becomes, it gets like a shock for Nova, who's like, because yeah. he's really powerful and is used to just winning fights. Yeah. So. so. You've got this team that sort of started to come together, and then Hercules, uh, yes, that Hercules, shows up as well. He was, I don't know why he's on Earth. Again, we'll leave that to creative team. He was in a bar. So he has, 
Let's say he hasn't finished his trials. Oh, I like that. So, and you know what? For fun, let's give him and T'Challa kind of a rivalry. Yeah. They're both proud warriors. They're both a little arrogant. They're both a little rough around the edges. Because every, everyone's a little younger now. We're we're making some people a little older, making some people a little younger. You know, so T'Challa and Hercules kind of have like the Legolas Gimli thing from Lord of the Rings. So they're yeah. like going and I, taking I, I, I can just. They're taking out Hydra bots, and Hercules is like, I have taken down five, and T'Challa's like, and I've taken down 15. Pick up the pace. Yeah. And then Hercules takes down Juggernaut, and, you know. Yeah. It's like, that only counts as one. Yeah, and so, uh, that's, you know, your core roster of the Avengers. Eventually, Wonder Man ends up joining a couple issues in after the Red Skull tries to create him to take down the Avengers, because, you know, he's a failed actor. He's looking for something. As, you know, and yeah. I, I think, I think what we should do with Wonder Man. This is, uh, this is a wonder. Like the first issue that Wonder Man joins, yeah. he is, you know, he's down as luck. He's angry because the Avengers have a history of like turning villains into heroes. Yes, and then having them join the team, he becomes like for an arc, he's a character that they fight. You know, he's got his powers, and he always shooting things up, and he's going crazy. But when they do calm him down, he takes his vow of pacifism. Okay. Because that's, that, that's, that's his thing, right? Yeah. And from that, uh, he just becomes just this... He basically becomes, the I, I think, the comedic relief. Yeah. Where, he, where he's, like, not exactly... Uh, you know, throwing punches or anything, but like he—he's the guy that's like he. Oh he, no! He's also he's in there saving people. Like he'll fly in and he's, yeah, he's like the one to get the civilians. But he's yeah. also he's also like their nuke. Yes, like we established early on that for all the power this team of Avengers has, Wonder Man is that much more powerful, and so he's the one who puts Juggernaut down finally in like issue 10 or something yeah like it's juggernaut's beating down all the avengers and wonder man just walks out takes off his sunglasses and he says come at me and he rushes at him and just one punch from wonder man and juggernaut goes flying yeah yeah we'll we'll have like juggernaut escape in the first arc when they're filming the building the team yeah then have juggernaut like then have wonder man get to the point where he's but like uh, Juggernaut is now yeah. in in green and gold Hydra colors. He's got the Hydra logo Ooh. on his chest. It's like he's that's, that's, he's that's a good look. He's he works for Hydra now. Yeah. Because and this is a so this is a, that's our Avengers team: Captain America, Wasp, Black Panther, Nova, Kate Barton, uh, Hercules, and Wonder Man. It's a fun team. Yeah, I think that's it's definitely a team that's. Uh, again, nice little bit of variety. Yeah, to it, and all of these people are new heroes except for Cap, and so he is really the the inspiration, right? And what Loki did here kind of sets off a chain of events. Red Skull's back; he's now empowering villains. Uh, but the return of Captain America inspires regular people to stand up and maybe do something about it. And thus, kind of, that's why Avengers is the flagship title, because those events really kick off everything else. Now, 
talking about um, the Juggernaut and why he's not an X-Men villain. His brother's dead. Yeah. That's right. So. Killed off Charles Xavier. He died in an anti-mutant riot. Him and Magneto were friends and they had like very similar paths like as the original universe him and magneto were friends so on and so forth and magneto started inciting violence and so there's this anti-mutant riot versus pro-mutant riot and professor x got shot by someone we don't know who but the point is he got shot not through the spine but through the head bullseye yeah I think it should also be Bullseye. Oh my gosh. So Bullseye is like an anti-mutant zealot now? He, he's, yeah, well, he could be that, and he could also just be a mercenary for hire. And it could be on... Let's, let's make he, him a mercenary. He, he, sorry? Let's make him a very anti-mutant mercenary for hire. Cause oh they, yeah, he, he, can be, he can be an anti-mutant. Yeah. Uh, I think he should also... He like he he should be the middleman. He should be like the gun that is fired, but somebody else is like pulling behind him. It's, yeah, it's Mister Sinister. I think keeping him as a mercenary. It's Mister Sinister. <laughs> it's always Mister. Oh yeah. So, anyways, the death. Yeah, <laughs> the death of Charles Xavier uh, propels Magneto to found a school in his name, the Xavier Institute for Gifted Youngsters, and Magneto launches his own team of X Men to try and prove that Charles was right. Because the death of Charles, basically, Magneto realizes, oh my goodness, my way killed my best friend. I didn't agree with him, but he was still my best friend. Because they, yeah. they never reached the point where they had, like, the brotherhood of evil mutants. Magneto just was really pro-mutant, and he was like, no, hey, let's violently protest. That'll get their attention. Um, and so the X-Men is, I think, like you said, our social issues book. Yeah, it, it should, like, the X-Men have always been representative of the downtrodden. Yeah. So I think having each of the characters come from lower or, like, oppressed backgrounds and having them sort of be represented, like, feel not just because of their mutant self, yeah. but because of who they know, are as a person. As who well. they are as a person as well. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. So, I think. Yeah. So we've got further team. Cyclops is our leader. He's very conflicted because um, shortly before he, the book, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just gonna say like before he was he was a follower of Xavier and he witnessed him die. Yeah, and then and it, and it, and it shook him. And yeah. I think that did lead yeah. into and uh, shortly after that. Yeah. His his girlfriend Jean Grey died as well. She was mugged, um, and because it, she never had a Professor X to train her, she didn't have the powers to like protect herself. So, Friends of Humanity found that she was a mutant, and they mugged her, and she died. And I think now that we have Mister Sinister involved, because Mister Sinister loves the Scott, the Summers, and the Greys. For no reason other than I guess the well, I guess they're I guess they're attractive. There there is like like mutant couples and the it, it's yeah cable. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't want to like get bogged into that because that's a whole separate episode. Which yeah, this I is think, 
This is we already... have a friend that would be good for that. Oh, definitely. This is already uh, going to be a long episode. We can't go too yeah. off topic. Yeah. <laughs> and I, w- I was thinking that leads into his arc where he sort of like spirals out of control mm-hmm. and then Sinister finds him. Yeah. Brings him in. And then you get the conflict of Scott's like inner turmoil between, you know, like the, the lies that Sinister has been feeding him yes. about mutant superiority and like improving the gene stock and whatnot yes versus uh versus like you know what the x-men are all about which is about you know being a voice for the downtrodden inequality yeah and so then we've got our second in command of the x-men storm um of course we didn't really put anything specific for too many of the x-men uh just because that's so many characters yeah so we got storm you got rogan gambit who are already established as being a married couple. They met in New Orleans, they got married, and they've been leading the Thieves Guild together. Yes. Well, uh, we could have uh, we could have Rogue be like from the Guild of Assassins, because why not? Yeah. Well, she she when she ran away, um, she ended up meeting up with the Guild of Assassins, and so later we'll get a Rogue and Gambit prequel series, and it's basically Romeo and Juliet. And it's adorable. It's basically like the whole thing with Belladonna and Gambit. Yeah. But like, nobody likes that, so it's just yeah. rogue to get married. Um, this is just like a side note, because they're married. I think that... We're, we're, we're going to be having a lot of the characters end up in long-term relationships. It's not yeah. a lot of, oh, they date for a year, and then it's over, and then they die, and then the marriage ends, and then they sell their marriage to Mephisto. No. Uh, relationships are put together in order to boost the characters. Yeah. So they're going to be staying together. Right? Unless it, there's like real like story potential. No, yeah. And like that, that comes like that comes with, you know, some separation or like yeah. a new relationship. But Rogan Gambit, like, don't touch that. Don't yeah, touch it. Yeah, as long as we're in editorial control, no, no. Rogan Gambit, don't get touched. I love Rogan Gambit. Um, so Rogan Gambit, Cyclops, Storm, uh, Beast, because obviously, Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler. And, and I still like that you get some, uh, a little bit of international. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, you've got, thing. uh, you know, you've got Beast, oh wait, Beast, you got Storm and you got Nightcrawler who are international. Um, you know what? If think, you want to throw a, I think. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. If you want to throw one more person on the team, Colossus. Yeah, I, I like Colossus. So, just that—that's me. Um, but I was thinking actually, we instead of making Rogue and Gambit from like Cajun, or or sorry, G- uh, Gambit Cajun. Since we're Canadians, why not make him Acadian or Métis? Yeah. No. Ooh, Métis Gambit works. Cause yeah, can you know, he, you know screw it. Like their universe, he'd still have yeah. the accent. Yeah, he, he still gets the French accent. He'd, he'd so much of him would still maintain. Yeah, personality wise, um, yeah. and I mean, because he's already halfway there. Let's make Beast English. Oh, you want to make him English? Yeah, yeah okay. let's make Beast English. Why yeah, not? screw it. You know? Why not? Yeah, the, the X the um, X Men is all about uh, the international community. So exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, 
Kitty's still Jewish from from Illinois, so. Huh? Kitty's still a Jewish man from Illinois, so. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to change Kitty too much. She's yeah. very close to my... So anyways, that's the X-Men. Um, yeah. Up next, I don't have a segue for this one, so we're just going to say it. Fantastic Four. Boom. So, they went missing in space. Missing in space. But, uh, what happened? Well, what happened was they got sucked into the cosmic dimension uh, instead of cosmic rays. Uh, this is got it. Or it could be the, it, it, it could be the negative zone. I think yeah. that it, they, they it basically ended up through a magic portal into the negative zone, yeah. and from there ended up in the dark dimension. Yes, they spent uh, they spent the equivalent of Earth years, like sixty years, in the dark dimension. For them, it was fifteen minutes. Like, yeah. So for them, yeah. for them, it's like they never left. Uh, so Fantastic Four, their ship crashes on Earth, and it's like, why is the world so different? So they're like very out of time, but now they also have to deal with superpowers. However, they're, yeah, go but ahead, they're go more. Ahead. Sorry, yeah, they're more magically infused. They're very so magically infused. I'm so yeah. excited. So, yeah. So, Human Torch has, instead of his regular flame on, he's got Hellfire. Yeah. Sue Storm yeah. has is essentially a ghost. She is walking the yeah. line between life and death. She can turn invisible and make force fields, but she can also walk through walls and uh, fl- basically fly. She's basically, she's, yeah. she's Danny Phantom. Yeah, she's like Kitty Pride on steroids. Yeah. Um... And the thing is, uh, now instead of the body becoming, uh, you know, the rock monster, his soul got imparted into a golem. Yeah, he died in there somehow, which, again, for them it was only 15 minutes, but they don't. Time works differently in the Dark Dimension, as Doctor Strange showed us with him time looping through it. Time works differently. He died. His soul and mind were imparted into the body of a golem. So he looks very similar to the thing you know and love, but he's not. He can also summon rocks to, like, throw. So he can, like, create boulders. It's very cool. And Mr. Fantastic is a shapeshifter as well. So he's a a full polymorph. And I think I think especially if we're going with the whole like especially like in six now two where they have like the different elements that uh, that you know he's also got like more he's more fluid I guess is the best yeah, way to yeah. put it he's more like water when he is like shaped when he's morphing around yeah and he's still because of all the studies and the magic and stuff he's also a wizard now. Oh, we're just giving him, like, light magical powers? Yeah, I, I think that that sort of correlates between the whole, like, super genius, like, scientific mind. With, but with now, like, he's still smart, but now he's got a little bit of light magic. Maybe yeah. not necessarily, like, but, like, lots of theory, magic theory. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, instead of being cosmic adventurers and being like, oh, we're going to uh, go to, like, you know, planets and stuff, they're going through magical dimensions and they're on like magical quests and stuff and you you get different versions of different things like you have a monster monster dimension which would be like monster 
uh, Monster Island, and then you have the Mole Man, right? Who, and who, like um, rolled that? Doctor Doom is Doctor Doom. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. I think Doom stays as he is. He he stays as he is, but his relationship with Reed probably was different. Again, that's we'll leave that to the writers. We don't have everything tightly plotted. Yeah. You can't change too much of Doom without changing like one of the best. So. Our other big bumper title is Spider-Man. This is the one that's going to ruffle some feathers. Ooh, yeah, this. I, I, you know, I think some of these. Uh, if you thought the whole Kate Barton thing was, uh, you know, divisive, or just the idea of a reboot. All right, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you guys one word, Spider. and then give you guys a minute to process. Totem. Okay, now that you've had a chance to process the fact that we're going with the totems, um, Peter Parker is in his late 20s, early 30s. He is married, has a daughter. He has a beautiful wife in Gwen Stacy. He is ah. he is the science teacher at Empire State University. Yeah, he did the whole Daily Bugle thing yep. when he was in high school. But so. he, but there was no Spider-Man, so he took pictures of sporting events and stuff. Because he's a talented photographer, but he went through college. He met Gwen. He married Gwen. Um, you know, married... She's doing research at ESU yep. under Dr. Warren or whatever. Oh, Dr. Warren. Yeah, fine. We, I guess we gotta have to... Yeah, she's the teacher's aide for Dr. Warren, but she's on mat leave because they just had their daughter... Um, May, May Parker, or because uh, Ben and May both died peacefully uh, at age eighty, holding hands. Some I don't know. They're gone. Uh, I just want to remove the plot device of Aunt May entirely. And so, Peter is in his lab. He is doing experiments, and as a result of the spider totem. Some chemicals get mixed, quote-unquote, wrong. They're not wrong. It's spider crap. Blow up. Irradi- uh, the gas irradiates a spider, which bites him, passes on the powers, and he becomes Spider-Man. Yeah, it's, it's very Flash-esque. Yes, uh, very. So, yeah. And uh, him, being a father and husband and teacher, he decides that his spider powers are a great way to let off some steam. So he goes into a wrestling ring. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, spider stuff. And they jip him. And he's like, what, I wanted the money. He gets mad, lets a robber get away. The robber, a while later, is trying to rob Holmes in the Queens area. And kills his wife. Yeah. So you still get the death of Gwen Stacy for yeah. Gwen Stacy's all gone. You. Gwen Stacy's gone. He still learns power and responsibility, but now he's a single father. Yeah. Which is like, that's pretty sad. It's very similar to like Captain Stacy before his death. Yeah. You you want Peter to be sad. But, you know, again, we're talking about how we want people to be in happy relationships. And Peter, who still has to work, who knows that the power and responsibility of Spider-Man is there, needs... Because there's all these villains coming up now. Because Norman Osborn 
is being whispered into his ear by Mephisto, and he yes. is being granted these totems to give to to criminals. So he gives the vulture totem to Adrian Toomes. He gives the scorpion totem to Mac Gargan, and he gives them the totem to give them powers and gives them suits to augment those powers, and thus creating our sinister six of scorpion, uh-huh. scorpion, vulture, chameleon, um, rhino. D- so we we had more. <laughs> Doctor Octopus. Doctor Octopus. And um, there was another animal one. Was it Electro? No, no, because we we went very specifically with animals. Oh yeah, it was Scorpion, Doctor Octopus, Rhino, uh, Vulture. Did we go Craven? Chameleon. Oh yeah, Scorpion, Doctor Octopus, Rhino, Vulture, Chameleon. Man, I feel like it's such an obvious one too. I I lost it. Maybe we only yeah. had five and we just got mixed up. No, I thought I thought we put electro because he's got the electric eel. Oh, did we just give him electric eel instead? Yeah, I, I thought I'm pretty sure that's what we did. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. So it's very animal based. Um, we're focused heavily on animals. We're gonna have Craven come in again, playing off of that animal thing. And as that goes, Mephisto's gonna keep whispering in Osborne's ear, which drives him insane, getting us our Green Goblin. But Peter needs help, <laughs> and people are gonna hate this too. Peter needs help being a single father, so he takes oh. a pad for a nanny. And issue two ends with um, a knock on the door, and he opens the door, and there is Mary Jane Watson, and she says, face it, Mr. Parker, you just hit the jackpot. She's his nanny. Yeah. So she becomes a live-in nanny for May and Peter, and um, it does not start out romantic. In fact, we actually find out, hey, they did go to college together, and he, like, passingly remembers her, and... um, but because things were different, they were never really in the same group. They never became as close as they did because he was so focused on Gwen all the time. And uh, yeah. she's an aspiring model, aspiring actress, and this is what she does on the side. And so she becomes that person that he can confide in, who pushes him, who calls him out on his crap, uh, eventually finds out about his identity, and they do fall in love and get married. And we get all that, but in a different way. And I still get to write the face that you just hit the jackpot line. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think it comes off as like creepy because like they're the same age. Exactly. It's not like it, he's a forty-year-old hooking up with like an eighteen-year-old nanny. Um, yeah, and it, it builds slowly. The relationship yeah. builds really slowly from friendship to kind of like flirty banter. And she really does, again, as she did in the comics, help him honestly to move past Gwen. And I I think it, it creates a bit of a different dynamic in the relationship in that yeah. um, now they don't have a kid together, but they do end up raising this child together. So. Yeah. So it's like it's... And I think, you know, especially because One More Day is such a prevalent example of Mephisto's whole workings and her deals. Mephisto hates this. 
Yeah, so he's like throwing everything that's, at him. That's why he's he's pushing Osborne so hard to kill yeah. and defeat Spider Man because yeah. Mephisto's like this. You your sacrifice gave me so much power. Yeah, and, how and dare like you. It, yeah, just spitting um, in the face of that deal. So those are those are like the flagship titles, and I I no idea how long we've been going. So we should probably just hit these other ones at like a quick clipped pace and wrap yeah. it up. Doctor Strange will deal with the theme of failure. Um, he's still yeah, a basically. He's still a surgeon. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say he's still a surgeon, um, but then uh, he takes up. He becomes a student of the Ancient One, but it turns out the Ancient One is actually Baron Mardo, who is actually and... being controlled by Dormammu and so you have Strange for a bit he an evil sorcerer yeah. and then he comes into his own and he's like this doesn't feel right yeah he does he's he's being made to do evil things and we don't know it like yeah. the readers don't know it but everything seems a little odd it's like oh go get this thing it's part of your trials yeah. uh okay and because he he caused someone to die on the operating table. He never got in a yeah. car accident, but his arrogance drove him to retire. If he couldn't be perfect, he had to stop. And he needed yeah. to, he, he was trying to find deeper meaning. And Mephisto manipulated Dormammu, who manipulates Mordo, to give him that meaning. But because they realize... Mephisto knows that he can't let Strange become a threat. Yeah, because Strange is the one with the most magical power. Exactly, so. yes. And so... um yeah, eventually he realizes what's going on, rebels, and then christens himself. Like, he's like, I realize how powerful magic is. I'm dedicating myself to protecting this world from people like you. And that's how he becomes the first ever Sorcerer Supreme. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, I think that about covers it. And uh, this is a beautiful segue into the person he killed on the operating table, Tony Stark. Yeah. So Tony is dead. Yes. Or, you know, so what he's done instead is he's transferred his consciousness into an Iron Man Iron suit. suit. Yeah. And, and he can be... I, I think what he should have done is he's basically create a whole bunch of suits for different occasions and he can swap his soul into different part different ones. Yeah. But only one at a time is you know not making too ridiculous. Yeah. So and it and I think it if, if any of you have ever read uh The Machine Mancers by Jack Kirby and later uh Steve Ditko, Marv Wolfman yeah. and uh, Tom DeFalco. It's basically like am I a man or am I you know a machine those kind of themes. And so he's fighting a lot of the same people he would have before, but it's this kind of ever-present quest to get his body back. And the first issue, you don't. You just see Iron Man doing Iron Man things. And, um, you know, there's, like, the little, like, text boxes being, like, I, my heart stopped. There was shrapnel. Yeah. I saw the best surgeon. And it ends with, and then I, it's the text saying, and then I died. And you see the armor, like, placing its hand against a tank that has the frozen body of Tony Stark in it. So his, yeah. his goal is to get his mind back into his body 
and fix his body. And we'll do that eventually. Um, yeah, because... But this because is... it's otherwise too similar to thing. Yeah. And this is, this is a very long way of... So it's like, now it's not even just so much, oh, the arc reactor keeps me alive. It's, this suit is all I have. Um, yeah. And when Tony finally does get it back, it creates in him a deeper appreciation for the life he has. Yeah. Um, as And so, also though, during Hell on Earth, you as the reader are worried about Tony because it's like, is he going to make a deal to get his body back? Right? Yeah. Um, Those tough questions everyone's got. Up next. Does, uh, yeah. Uh, next was uh, Captain America, which yes. is... The one-man army. Which is, yeah. Is, this one I like is more... It's more akin to that old 70s... Uh, Steve, uh, yeah. Sorry. The Jim Steranko, uh Nick Fury, uh, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, where it's more like a spy thing. So you have Cap running this underground movement against the Goliath that is... The, well, the Hydra that is Hydra. Yeah. So he gets to meet, you know... Widow, he meets... No, not Widow. Uh, he doesn't meet Widow. Oh, not Widow. Yeah, sorry. Saved her for yeah. something Yuri, else. Howling Commandos, Falcon. All, all, you know, the typical uh, Sharon Carter, Peggy. And the whole cadre of uh, Captain America characters. As well as um, the only other successful super soldier, Jennifer oh, Walters. Yes. yes. Jen Walters. Who, who has... Um, been affectionately nicknamed within the resistance movement the she-hulk yeah she's not green she doesn't hulk out uh she is just a very talented combatant who has a lot of the same powers as cap and they fall in love because you know what heroes deserve to be happy so i just like put everyone with someone (laughs) yeah and then next we have the Thor title. Okay. Take this one? Th- yeah, this is my most lengthy and convoluted pitch, and I'm so happy with it. Okay, so Lo- one of Loki's first acts as the Overseer is like, I need to connect with Thor. So he like appears in Asgard and he's like, brother, it is me. Have you missed me? And Thor says, I have no idea who you are. Because Ooh. Loki being the Overseer meant he was never technically in this universe the son of Laufey, which meant he was never adopted by odin which meant he never tricked thor into getting into fights which meant thor never had to get banished to earth to learn worthiness which meant uh he was not there when odin needed him which means odin is dead and thor is the king of asgard and he's an arrogant warmongering jerk yep so sorry thor fans Mjolnir does not have its traditional worthiness enchantment. It is just a very powerful weapon for a very arrogant king, who is married to Enchantress, by the way, because he wouldn't have the morals to not do that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for those of you worried, I in, believe Scourge is with uh, Ella. Yeah. Uh, in Thor's defense, though, Amara is very pretty. So, I mean... Um, but anyways, Loki basically realizes that this Thor is going to be of no use to him. So he, in a fun bit of continuity, creates him, disguises himself as Kid Loki, 
and presents himself at the throne of King Thor as an orphan who needs refuge, um, but is skilled in a fight and would like to be basically be his squire. So they go on an adventure together, and Loki watches and realizes that Thor is just an awful person. He's arrogant. He's just battering people relentlessly. He's boastful. So they get back to Asgard at the end of the book, and Loki's like, I need to fix this. And so using his own magic, he enchants Mjolnir with the worthiness enchantment. And uh, he's, just, he's just like, I'm going to regret this. And he enchants <laughs> it and leaves it on Thor's throne. And so Thor goes to pick up the hammer, and he can't. So he's struggling against this hammer that is now sitting on his throne, taunting him. And that reads, Whosoever holds this hammer, if they be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. And so the Thor book is Thor and Loki essentially traipsing through the Nine Realms, trying to mop up the damage Thor's caused while protecting people, but also Thor learning to be worthy, and during Hell on Earth... Um, he'll be fighting Mephisto, probably. Or, you know, it may be like a Mephisto-powered Juggernaut, because we're using Juggernaut a lot. Because why not? He's awesome. And he's getting yeah. beaten yeah. down, and he he realizes he's failed, and that if he, he wasn't the way he was, he'd have me only, or he'd fight back. And in a moment of just just weakness, he shouts to the heavens, I'm not worthy. And you see on the... Uh, on the throne, Mjolnir crackle to life and shoot up and land in Thor's hand and uh, Thor's back as we know him, except now he's king of Asgard and married to Amora etc, etc but we get to see a very prolonged arc of Thor learning humility Mm -hmm. and we get and and so it's, it's like a fun buddy cop with him and Loki of them going through the nine realms, solving problems at first, and yeah, yeah, that's my Thor pitch. It's fun, and I like it. Well, I, you know, I like it too. So, <laughs> um, Captain Marvel, you can do this one because you were yeah. very pleased with this one. Yeah. Uh, so, Captain Marvel, this will it will star the uh, Carol Danvers uh, version naturally, but naturally, uh, but uh, the you know whole idea behind like actually got to this point why she was married to Marvel who was a Cree. We're big on marriage. And, well yeah, as you can tell. We uh we love love you know, Yeah. Love the doctors. Um and so she and him had a nice life. And then he got conscripted into the Cree Scroll War again. And basically died if i remember correctly mm-hmm. yeah um or no no he gets he gets the radiation poison and then he dies of cancer at home in his bed over the course of a few months and you just you, you see carol initially just go through her stages of grief and then you know once sushi accepts it you know, uh he gives her you know, basically the ability, like the Captain Marvel powers. Yeah. Uh, we can say that now that they're stored in the Negabands, uh, like uh, before we would Ooh. switch with Rick Jones. So when she clashes the Negabands, she gets powered up. Yeah? 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 Like she, she yeah. has to put on... And, she, ooh, what, and she only gets it for like three hours. Yeah. 
time it on in. Yeah. Create some mystery. Uh, yeah. And so she basically tries to live up to, the, you know, her husband, the war hero, and dealing with the grief that is just her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she, I, I would say she's more space focused. Oh, yeah. So dealing with the creed, she are the, scrolls. you know, scrolls, obviously. And, and uh, just tr- the Kree are, uh, are misogynists, basically. So they yeah. loved Marvale, but uh, they look at Carol and they're like, "You're his his wife." Yeah. What, like, what, and you want to lead us into battle? I we don't understand. And so yeah. it's she needs to now kind of prove like, okay, look, I don't gender. My gender doesn't matter. I'm I can fight. I have these powers. You need yeah. to accept this. And she could still be like Air Force captain, you know. She she's not like just a housewife or whatever. No, she was. They, yeah, I, when, I, when they met, they fell in love. Yes, is really the only change there. And so she moved to the Cree, and she became a member of the Cree military as well. But because of the um, internalized misogyny of the Cree Empire, she wasn't able to rise up as high as he did. And so when yeah. it came time to choose, like, their hero and captain, despite her yeah. arguably being the better candidate, he got them. And that's why he stored them in the bands, is because he's like, you should have had these from the beginning. But this is all I can give you. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like a last will. Yeah. Kind of and, thing. and he he was the good guy. He was like, no, look, I always knew you. It should have been you. But they wouldn't listen to it. Um, After Hell on Earth, she no longer needs the bands and she has the full powers. It was... It's... Well, we can reveal that basically what Marvel wanted is he didn't want to overwhelm her with all this power right away and let it go straight to her head because that's what almost happened to him. And he wanted to protect her from that. So that's Captain Marvel. And Um, then we had... Hulk. Uh, yes, Hulk. So, I like the horror theme that's going on with Immortal mm-hmm. Hulk right now. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. So, I wanted to sort of keep in that similar vein and still use those kind of concepts. Yes. So, what I was actually thinking is that Hulk is still trapped in the place below all yep. when all of this happens. Yes. So, when he comes back up, because the one the place below all is outside below of Mephisto's hell. purview, yeah, he kind of remembers stuff, yeah. or like the Hulk, Hulk does. Yes, He's like what the hell is this? Except, and, yeah, because Hulk and Banner were in the below place, they never yeah. existed, right? And so, like yeah, and, yeah. And so you don't. So when Hulk comes back out, he's sort of a man without history. Yeah. You know? Nobody, nobody hates which him. Is nobody why, loves which him. is why Loki couldn't find him in Avengers. Yeah, because he was didn't exist. There was no Hulk to exist. And um, continue. Yeah, and um, my idea is he basically is fighting demons at night. 
you know, things that pop out of the green door, you know, very similar to what's going on uh, right now. in the current Immortal Hulk series. But I think more so it's part of it is all those machinations of what's going on in that series. I don't want to give spoilers for anybody who's not caught up. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. People, people and then I, also, feel, I feel like people watching this, like I talked about comics at the beginning, there's like inherent spoilers. You can give like light yeah. spoilers. Yeah. Um, it, major spoilers. Just, you know, for the current major, Mortal Hulk major spoilers. Yeah. Uh, it's, so the whole machinations with the leader and mm-hmm. his plan. Uh, and then, okay, that's the end of the spoilers. Uh, and then basically Mephisto's whole deal is like this this outside force, the, the fact that the Hulk exists on his own. Yeah. It, it's an aberration for him, and it's and not something he wants to deal with. Speaking of the leader, we rebooted him as well. Yes. Um. So... When Bruce, the reason Bruce Banner became the Hulk in the original universe is because Rick Jones drove his Jeep into the test site on a dare, and Banner was like, Get out of here, and then got hit by the blast. Well, yeah. now there was no Banner to do that. No one noticed Rick Jones yeah. was there. So this kid drives in, gets hit by this gamma blast, and smashes his head on his steering wheel, and his yeah. he gets like a big gash on his head. So this kid is now fully gamma irradiated in both body and mind, and he becomes the A bomb. Uh huh. And he is uh, like a marriage of a character of like abomination and leader, and he lives in this hideout in the Nevada desert, and yeah. is wants to be the strongest and smartest there is. Jones has gone completely insane. And um, is slowly like building these plans, and Hulk comes into opposition with those plans. Hulk yeah. also recruits Thunderbolt Ross to his side because, since Thunderbolt Ross had no banner, um, his daughter just married a nice guy. He retired peacefully, and um, but has now been recruited by the Hulk to aid him. And since he has no ill will towards the Hulk, they actually work together pretty well. And Ross can become Red Hulk at some point. And then we've got like a. Hulk and the Agents of Smash type thing. Yeah, and it's uh, it's like a weird dynamic because for Hulk, he knows Ross, he hates Ross, but Ross has you know kind of likes him. Yeah, thinks he's tough. Yeah, he's like, oh, I like this guy. He's he's a tough fighter, right? And Hulk's just yeah. like, um, yes, Hulk friend too. Let's hit now. Yeah. That's Hulk. It's it's again similar but different. We got two more yeah. bucks left, and then uh, then we're done. This has been going on for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm but sorry. It's uh, the defenders. This is this is the street level team. Any street level hero you can think of is on this team. They're funded by the extremely wealthy Danny Rand. And I think if they're also going to ha- open up to other street level characters, uh, Moon Knight, aka. Mark Spector, a.k.a. Jake Lockley, a.k.a. Stephen Grant. Wait, did, was did, also... didn't we put Moon Knight on another team? Oh, you're right. No, I mean, no. Didn't. Oh, yeah, we did. We no, did. I think he makes more sense on the Defenders, though. I think he'd be more fun on the Defenders. Yeah. Let's put, yeah, let's so put you get on that... the Defenders. Yeah, okay. So we've got the Defenders, who are like, it's Luke Cage, who owns a fight club. 
that Danny Rand goes to in order to blow off steam because uh, he's rich, he runs a company, he just needs to relax. And it's during one of these Fight Club things that he accidentally realizes he has the power of this Iron Fist. And he's like, I have no idea what this is. Kind of freaks him out. Him and Cage get into a fight because Cage is like, you can't just beat up my clients like this. After they fight for a while and they realize Cage realizes he's indestructible. Because, um, I don't know, maybe Cage is a mutant. Or he had the prison experiments already. Again, writers... Without the prison experiment. Writers can figure that out. Uh, yeah. They become friends. And they, they... Well, one thing, and this is kind of for the whole universe, is certain people feel inexplicably drawn to each other. Cage and Rand are two of those people. Uh, Jessica Jones ends up getting in on it. Daredevil ends up getting in on it. Misty Knight. And so Dan... Colin Wing. Exactly. And... Moon Knight. You know, bit, yeah. And Danny ends up buying an entire Thank apartment you. building. And the top two floors basically become the defenders area. There's like places to train. Luke can have his run his fight clubs in there. Uh Danny's got his office. They've got rooms. The rest of the floors are free housing for the less fortunate in Hell's Kitchen and Midtown and stuff because our idea is that the defenders are like girls for hire, but like also not really for hire because they do it for free. They're, they're they're heroes for the people, right? They're not out there fighting these cosmic threats. They're not dealing with the Mephisto stuff as much. They are a very people focused group, and um, so yeah, they run this halfway house and. Yeah, I would argue. I would argue that they are dealing with the Mephisto stuff, but like in a direct, indirect in, way. Exactly. The, the, what I mean is, they're not like, "Oh yeah, Mephisto, let's go yeah. punch him in the face." Um, but they are big players. Yeah, they, they deal with the people and like, you know, people who got affected by this. You know, they exactly. take in runaways and cloak and dagger Ooh, and stuff like that. Yes, yes, and and I and this series can lead very well into like champions later. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely a good way to do it. They you take know, in all the you, can put cloak, you know these characters who are affected, and, and they splinter off into champions. Yeah. You can put cloak and dagger on champions. You can put Kamala Khan on there. Miles um, have have it's, yeah. it's I, I like it being the teen book. Yeah, and then of course the final the final series we're going to be running Loki and the Midnight Suns. Yeah. Um after his failed attempt to put the Avengers together as his, like, personal super team, because they immediately just distrusted him, because, I mean, green, gold, big horns, grand staff. I don't trust the guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Little Hydra. Yeah. He's like, you must be Hydra. And <laughs> the Avengers charge him, and he's like, that did not go as planned. So he puts together yeah. a more clandestine group of magic and hell-based people as kind of a infiltration secret Avengers Midnight Suns team to bring the fight to Mephisto. I think like the Secret Warriors from Secret War, the 2004 mm-hmm. one. And the point of this book like, is just to be cool. Yeah. Everyone in Basically. it... Um, either already has magic powers or gets magically powered up. Yeah. Um, Loki basically powers them up. This is where you get to see Loki get a little bit active in things sometimes. 
not often, but we put together a really the cool Charlie team. and Charlie's Angels. Yeah. So the team here, Dr. Voodoo, obviously. Blade, obviously. Bloodstone, comma space. Yeah, Elsa Bloodstone. Elsa. Yeah. Hellstorm. Hellstrom. Oh yeah, Damon Hellstrom, but like yeah. isn't his he- oh, yeah, isn't his hero name yeah. Hellstorm? No, it's Hellstrom. I thought he went by just Hellstorm when he was like that was his code name. You know what? Uh, sure, I, I don't remember. I, I thought I'm pretty sure it's Hellstrom, but I, like, I know that's his name. But I thought he went by the. No, I think he just goes by Hellstrom. That is. No, he does. Yeah, I was right. Damon Hellstrom, okay. also known as the Son of Satan and Hellstorm. Oh, okay. Wow. I've only known him as Hellstrom in some yeah. scenes. So, Hellstorm, uh, Logan. This is where Wolverine yeah. is. I, you're all wondering where Wolverine was. Logan and my favorite creation, the Ghost Widow. Ahmed, you want, to explain, is... you want to explain Ghost Widow? All right. Ghost Widow is essentially uh, Natasha Romanoff. With the powers of a ghost rider. Yep. That's because it's cool. Because justification for yeah. it is out of sheer guilt for all the sins she yeah. committed as part of the Red Room. She begged for penance and the ability to do something about it. And the spirit of vengeance came down upon her. Yeah. And, and instead so, of yeah. Miss Fisto dispelling. Bestowing upon her the power. I think it should be just Loki does it. Yeah. And so her widow's bites now fight shoot hellfire. Uh, yeah. Her he- she doesn't have like the flames shooting up. It's like you see her skull, and it's just like red flames pouring off of it, like her hair. Yeah. Um. She's got her cool sport bike with the flaming wheels. It's just, yeah. it's an excuse to be really, really cool. That, that's what the Midnight Sirens are. They're just an excuse to be really awesome. It's got them. Wolverine with that, like, I don't know if he still has it, but like the heated claws. Um, yeah, he doesn't have those anymore, I think. No, but he's got them in this. Yeah, he's, he's got devil's claws. Yeah, um, like, they sh- basically come out and they're just all like immediately like red hot. Um, yeah. And it's like, as if they've been dipped in the fires of hell and all of these characters and, will get populated into other books because this is like a short term series, but it's going to be yeah. so dope. And I think uh, Logan should, would eventually go onto the X-Men because he is a mutant. Yes, eventually, but we didn't want to make him the focal point immediately. And so all of this will build up towards the hell on earth event yes in which they do it they beat mephisto and then we move on yeah and we we, yeah go ahead we bring in thanos we bring in galactus mr sinister screws with the x-men more green goblin shows up dr doom makes himself known more characters come up more teams come together more books come out more books come out loki steps back into a more supporting role because he did what he set out to do, but they can't put the universe the way it was back to the way it was. So now they work with what they've got. Um, yeah. Dr. Strange 
becomes like an Indiana Jones style book where he is going, now that he's Sorcerer Supreme, he's trying to collect these magic artifacts to boost defenses and Iron Fist comes along with him. He leaves the defenders for a time because he's like, I need to learn more about why I have this Iron Fist. And I think that can also lead into the rise of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And you see Namor pop up and, you know, his exploits. But also, you know, Atlantis has more magic qualities to it. Exactly. We can bring, from X-Men, we can sprout out uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Um, Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot we can do. This is the first few years. This is, like, the core. This is the nexus of your universe. Yeah, this Uh, is probably, like, maybe one or two years with stars. Yeah. One to two, maybe three if, if you're stretching it. But a couple yeah. years, uh, then you have Hell on Earth, and you go from there. And yeah. um, operate on the rules of people, if you die, you de- you're dead. That's that's yeah. like the one rule I'm kind of operating within, along with uh, don't break up relationships just for the sake of it. Yeah. There's um, got to be a like, good justification for yeah. it. To start them and to finish them. So yeah, that's our pitch for Marvel Crisis. If you like yes. it, um, great. If you don't, tell us why in the comments. So, uh, tell us who you want on each of these teams, or on each of these yeah. books. P- pitch, pitch your own book for After Hell on Earth. What team do you want to see? What character do you want to see? Where do you want to see them go? Um, let us know down in the comments below. Um, Ahmed, do you have anything of yours you want to plug before we go? Um, not really. <laughs> I, you know, I just got my personal uh, socials, but Those, so good. And your his socials will, of course, be linked in the description. As always, uh, give him a follow on any of those if you like talking to him. Uh, this is the end of the episode because it's super long, and I'm not going to go over any comic recommendations for next week. This is just this is the episode, and I think it works. I think it works better to do it in this just one and done form than trying to review and preview comics. So I'm Colin. This is Fandom Fellowship. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, if you want to talk to me and Ahmed more, hop into the Fandom Fellowship Discord server. We both hang out in there. Uh, we do movie nights this week. Uh, tomorrow night, actually, from filming this, we're watching the James Gunn Scooby-Doo films. That's a lot of fun. That link, like I said, in the description. Twitch channel, Fandom Fellowship is also in the description, streaming on Wednesdays and Sundays. Uh, Wednesdays, I am playing Avengers. And Sundays, my fiancé, Lindsay, and I are playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which is a lot of fun. You can also check out me, Jared, and Lindsay, the Fandom Fellowship team, on Twitter and Instagram. Those are in the description. And brand new is our T Public store. Don't have any merch out yet, but that link is also in the description. Keep an eye on that. And yeah, so... Uh, I'm Colin. And I'm Ovid. And this is the Fandom Fellowship, and we will see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Bye.